Hello and welcome to the How To Hobby Podcast. I'm your host, John Power, joined once again by my friend, Sean Bennett, the master of disaster. Some like to call him that, and I do too. So here we are again, Sean, late night crew. Late night crew. This is the work, work in life. This is what, <laughs> what we got going on. Master of disaster. I think that's a new one for me. I really like it. Oh, good, good, good. Keep, keep, uh, I'll uh, send that one to all your confidants so they can keep stroking oh, your ego at work. Please do it. Please do yes, it. Yes, yes. During all your board meetings that you're part of every single day. <laughs> Hello, Sean, Master of Disaster. Welcome today. Hello. Okay. Are they all, are they all from, uh, they're, they're all from the UK, right? So they, we are yeah. the current client I'm working with is from the UK. So, um, yeah, they're, they're an interesting breed out there. Yeah, yes. And they like their, uh, well, what do they like more, Sean? Tea, crumpets, or beer at the, what, from the local pub? What I've heard is a decent amount of talk of tea and beer. I haven't heard anything about crumpets yet. Okay. So that's a completely Americanized, uh, <laughs> like we, we made that up. I, I, I can stereotype. ask them tomorrow. I can ask Why them tomorrow. Why don't we ask them but... tomorrow and get back to them? Or I mean, get back to the listeners next week so we know if that's a stereotype or not. It probably is. But uh, so what kind of, what kind of beer are we talking about here? I, I, I haven't really gotten into the details of it. Oh um, my gosh, most, man. Most of the meetings we have, we're trying to cover as much work as possible. <laughs> wait, wait a second. <laughs> You're actually trying to work? What? I, I know. Was, I was, I mean, you know, back in my day, uh, <laughs> I was real interested in beer culture. That's all. Yeah. But you know, we're, we're, you're a project manager now and I'm still just an engineer. So. Well, yeah there's difference, there, differences there's differences in now the i'm social... on the other side trying to keep the meeting on focus not getting that's distracted good yeah like you I lose all do. credibility as a pm <laughs> when you start bringing up beer i'm i'm the guy in the corner like hey did you try this beer anyway <laughs> well that's enough of this sean what are we doing here we are bringing some great content once again that was all the listeners they were asking what are you doing here uh, yeah. And we we're happy to announce that we've been getting some some great feedback based on last week's episode. So thank you to everyone that's that that's wrote in and 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 provided some some things for us to think about to mull over. We appreciate the feedback, and uh, we're gonna be looking to incorporate some of the comments we've received. So in into future episodes, so be on the lookout for that. And if you have any additional feedback during this episode we welcome it sean is always watching the comms i say it every single time we've got plenty of social media for you to reach out to us uh instagram twitter at the how to hobby podcast and we have a website website as well how to hobby podcast.com that's the best place to get all of our up-to-date content and we're going to start posting again on instagram we've been bad we've been in we're in hibernation mode right now we're, we're in the transition of life of jobs and careers and uh, areas. And so we, we definitely have some, some stuff to work on. We, we do. But send us an email as well. We have a, a Gmail account that you can find on our website. It's howtohobbypodcast at gmail.com. And that is where Sean is always watching. So without further ado, we're going to get into tonight's content. It's an interesting episode that we're, we're pretty excited about, we're hyped about, uh, which is always what we try to do when we're bringing you guys content. And tonight is no different. So Sean and I are going to be breaking down some ho different hobbies tonight. 
And picking sort of our top, our top picks is what I'm going to call them, where there's a couple rules in the game. Money is no object. And we're going to be providing tidbits like, I wouldn't buy this, I would buy this, or I would do this. And we're not limiting it to just gear, ladies and gentlemen. We're limiting it to nothing. You can, we can pick anything we want. And that's why this is such a beautiful game tonight. We're going to be talking about the potential mindsets that can really transform your hobby if we are starting it from scratch, which maybe some of you guys coming into the podcast for the first time are new to hobbies, which if you are, you've come to the right place. But even if you are a veteran, a grizzled ancient in the world of hobbying like Sean and I, don't go anywhere because we have some tips for you too. Tips and picks tips. with Sean and John. Let's get into it. Sean, this first one is amazing. And it's it's a big time hobby that we love. We've talked about it a number of times. Yep. And it's in the world of finances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we love to get our little nerd hat on when it comes to, <laughs> to, to finances. Our nerd and hat. Our nerd <laughs> hat. I, I know it's it's my favorite thing. But in for finances, it's such a broad world of, of things you can cover of like dream things you would have with the finance world. So we're just going to start small tonight. We're going to break this down into just a couple of things. So John, I, I want you to, to put that nerd hat on and kind of walk me through money's no object. You can have your dream thing right now. What in the finance world are you wishing for? Oh man, you know, the finance world is so diverse. You can go for so many different tactics right now. And the world is our oyster. I mean, that's the way that I like to look at it whenever I'm thinking about potential strategies for the year. Uh, I did just acquire a new credit card along with the new house. So Hmm. I don't know what was going on in my mind. (laughs) I, I guess I was thinking, let's get more free money. I want more finances. Um, but so that that's something that has happened to me, but it was a play. Okay. I'll explain it. And then I'll explain what I would do if money was no object. Um, so I acquired a card recently called the blue cash preferred by AMX. It's a, uh, an American express card, but the key here listeners is there's a zero dollar introductory annual fee. And since me and my wife just acquired more property, I was looking for a a little a, a way to ease the the pain as well as get as much pain. I, I mean it's a good thing to acquire property, but there is it's expensive. It's, it is. It's very expensive. It's it's very expensive and you're never ready for it. So with this card I was looking for something that we're doing in our current, whenever I pick a card, a credit card, I, I think of a couple of different things. And for myself, it's usually what stage in life am I currently in? If you're a young hotshot engineer, you're probably getting into, into your traveling and you're getting real excited. You know, you're like Sean and John back in the day, just, just rolling out of the sandbox and we're getting really excited because we're going to get on some planes and start, you know, doing our thing. You're going to be looking at some of the the Chase offerings, the Sapphire Preferred, the Sapphire Reserve, maybe the AMX Platinum, which gives you all these points back. And those are what we would call premium travel cards. But where I'm at, where John Power's at right now is 
I'm in a very different stage of life where I have two children, I have some properties to, to worry about. And the thing that I spend most of my money on, Sean, is actually groceries mm-hmm. and gasoline. Go figure. Actually, gasoline <laughs> has gotten a, quite expensive this year. Yes, it has. That's a big one. I think it's hitting all of our t- freaking pocketbooks. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Even your your high rolling Subi pockets are feeling uh, a little... Dude, I'm I'm telling you, if I can find something under five fifty, I'm happy, which is crazy to think holy about. Holy moly, man! <laughs> Jeez, yeah. that's Cali- California's rough right now. It is, it is. I was out there recently. Uh, we're coming back. We're coming out again um, this weekend to do the oh the annual port to port, which is Ooh. the hundred twenty mile ride that I do every year. So I'm excited about that. But that's neither here nor there. Let's stick to the finances. Gas is expensive out there. It's it's okay here. I got I could I gotta think from your perspective. It's okay. <laughs> but the thing about this card is it gives you three percent back at US gas stations and six percent back at the supermarket. And That's that crazy. is that is some good crazy. return. We're talking, I mean, come on. We're not ever trying to steer you wrong here at the how to hobby podcast. I mean, this is if you already know how to manage your finances, which you, if you've been listening to us, hopefully we've given you some good tidbits to get you on the way. We, we definitely have talked about ways that we've excelled in our fa- financial lives. So using the credit cards for the tool in the tool belt, pull it out, don't get crazy and pay it off at once a month. I mean, well, yep. once every two weeks or once a month, whatever works for you, but we've said it every time. Now, I'm going to preface that this whole discussion with that. Um, But 6% back, Sean, on six grand is pretty good. Agreed. (laughs) That's crazy. Yes. And and so anyway, this card, it's a zero introductory fee for right now. This is, the again, the blue cash preferred. No affiliation to American Express. I wish they would give me some free money, but they don't. Um, So just that's another FYI. Sean grimaced at that because I think he was just like, oh, come well, on, John, what are you doing? I'm, well, now I'm jealous because I thought my chase giving me 5% on like certain categories was good. And then I realized the categories <laughs> this oh, quarter <laughs> suck. They, they are horrible. So I'm, I'm the 6%. I've got to keep, I'm, I'm gotta keep the, uh, the eyes on a swivel when it comes to the revolving credit card door. So yes. the key is it goes to $95 after the first year. So Right now, with where we're at, I'm going to work it for, for 11 months, and then I'm going to either transition the product or change it to, uh, uh, I'm not going to pay the 95. So that's all you need to know, listeners. Avoid the fees if you can. Now, if money was no object, Sean, I'll tell you what I would get right now, and that would be the Chase Sapphire Reserve. It is my all-time favorite. Uh, Chase is my favorite credit card company hands down i would agree i would agree and the the only problem with the chase sapphire reserved (laughs) it's just a small one is the 550 (laughs) dollar a year fee oh god and i you know it's that's steep to me i mean i don't know how you feel sean but 550 dollars as an annual fee is about $500 $500 more than I want to pay a year. <laughs> That's a tough pill to swallow. Um, 
free i struggle with 95 my my chase is 95 a year and i struggle paying that because you have to make sure that the rewards that you're getting outweigh the cost of the annual fee if it doesn't then you're wasting money and so that that's the key because i have to make sure that i'm being as diligent as possible to ensure that i'm doing it correctly and that it's worth still worth doing well, and that's, so we, we, again, we recommend once a year, you do the financial checkup. We'll talk about it at the end of this year. We'll walk you through our financial checkup. We're going to, it's going to be the financial checkup with Sean and John episode. Look for it to close out this year. And we're going to talk about some of these things that we do, but Sean, let me persuade you. Let me play the devil's advocate on the side of the chase Sapphire reserve and let you know that you do get a $300 a year voucher for flights. Hmm, okay. So that reduces the fee to 250. Now, okay. would you would you still get it? It's making it easier, but definitely still a a lot of of cash thrown at 250 bucks. Yes, and especially well, so again, the, when we're comparing the product to what you currently have, which is a Chase Sapphire Preferred, I have that card. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's three times on dining and two times on travel, which most of the time, listeners, when you're looking at a credit card and you're interested in getting into it, it's all about the return. I could care less. If I'm not getting anything on return, then I wouldn't even use the product. But when it comes to these credit cards, the reason why we use them is because we're getting money back. Yep. The money back must outweigh the cost, always. That's what we do in life. So with the Chase Sapphire Reserve, you get three times back on travel. Now, if you're in a heavy travel time of your life, I'm not currently there, Sean. Maybe you are. It could be worth it. So that's, that's, that's where I leave it. Additionally, just as a bonus... You get 10 times points when you, when you uh, purchase hotels and cars through Ultimate Rewards with the Chase Sapphire Reserve. So that's another bump up from the preferred. Yep. So definitely if you're in a travel-heavy time of your life, this is a good, really, really good card to have. Um, or if you pay buy a lot of groceries, like I know John does, trying to feed a family of four right oh now. you mean with my uh blue cash <laughs> yeah with your blue cash preferred oh the blue cash that... preferred well but that's only 95 so that's still even that's if you true were to that's do true it, that's i can true. look at it i don't think i'll keep the card but at the end of the year i'll do we'll do the financial review we'll see if john's mm. card is still paying out but as far as the reserve goes it's uh yeah i mean i think overall it's a steep price I think there are some bonuses too. If you read the fine print, which do some research, we always mm-hmm. say do the research. Um, I think you get some TSA pre-check um, related funds and yeah, yeah, yeah. Access to 1300 plus airport lounges, priority pass. And, and for some people, TSA pre-check is life, Sean. Are you a yep. TSA pre-checker? I am, I am. First, how, wait, first time ever having it actually. So how is it? I haven't used it. Oh my! <laughs> I I will you are be not in a travel heavy time. <laughs> no, no, I'll be using it when I fly to Washington in four weeks. So I'll let you know how. Okay, cool. That goes. But yeah, I just recently acquired TSA PreCheck. Um, I'm how much? Stoked. How much? It's a hundred bucks a year, right? Or for? No, no, it was 
uh, like $90 to apply for it. And then you just have to refill it out every five years, reapply every five years. That's it. Wait, that's it? Yeah. Gosh, man, you're teaching me something. Once again, Sean, with the clutch information, I'm 90 for five years? 80, 80, sorry, it's $85 and it's good for five years. And then you just have to reapply at five years. Oh, I should do that because that's going up. It'll be like 90 by the end of this year. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. All right, Sean. So I've rambled on enough about the Chase Sapphire Reserve. Money's no object for me, so that's my pick. Yep, I And like it. if I were to not care at all, and I'm a young hotshot engineer, get that card, get the $300 travel voucher and get all your reward points and perks that come along with it. I don't think you can go wrong with the Chase Suite. Pair it with the with the Freedom Unlimited one and a half back on everything and you are golden. Sean, yep. take it away. My, for me, uh, if I had, like we said, money's no object, I would go for something that is more investing in myself. If I just had cash flow right now what i would do is buy my dream life uh for me my my dream is to buy a house in somewhere middle of nowhere somewhere like montana wyoming idaho um i love that it's your dream life and you're you don't even want to stay in California. I love that no. says so much. I love it. <laughs> I just do so everybody not heard that. Sean lives yes. in California now, and he just said, "I want to live in not California, Cal- <laughs> not California." Yes. Um, so somewhere there, buy a plot of land, raise some chickens, um, collect eggs, go hunting. Like for me, there's so many nuances to finances, and there's the the technical side of the things you should be doing, the kind of investment accounts you should have, the credit cards you should have. But for me, my dream is to invest in my future of the concept of investing in myself, investing in my future, buying a house, buying in an area I really, really want to live, raising chickens because I want to be more self-sufficient, being able you want to, to be have the my egg own guy. garden. I do. I want to be the egg guy with a garden. Like that's that's my dream. So uh, it's a more lofty goal. And that's kind of what I wanted to touch on tonight. Um, but that that's if I if money was no object, I would absolutely invest in myself right now and buy a plot of land, build a house and raise some chickens. What are we talking though? Uh, house-wise, what square footage, floor plan and bedrooms? For me, probably nothing too extravagant, probably three bedrooms um, so that I could have a nice master suite, a nice office to work from home and a guest room for a family to travel and, and have somewhere nice to stay. So like a three bedroom, maybe three bath. Um, so everyone kind of can do their own thing. Um, yeah, it's surrounded by trees in a forest. Like that's that's my dream. Do the do by yourself and work at home. I love it. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's, that's like, I, I dream of chopping wood and plowing snow. So you, you have a chickens. fireplace on said yes. property. For yes, sure. I do. Definitely fireplace. So hens in the hen house, fire, wood fire log going. Oh man. And I can't wait to get to later in the episode. All right, well, let's move on. So that's our financial dreams. Sean, I love it. John, what are you doing? I mean, credit card versus dream home. I think you just, you knocked it out of the park. I'm way too low, but that's okay. We're going to move on to my, we got Sean and John. Top picks. We're moving on to our next quality hobby tonight. This one is backpacking. Sean's going to start us off this time. 
with his pick number one. Yeah, so I'm sticking in the vein of not exact things being a little bit more ethereal here. Um, things that I wish I had done better or would do differently in the future for the next time I go backpacking um, from lessons learned that I've done. Uh, and this for me is more into the category, not necessarily money is an object, but time is no object. So I would definitely recommend, and I want to do this more, is opening yourself up to the past of where you're backpacking, of the area you're in, of taking the time to sit down and focus on think, thinking about all of the people that have walked through this trail, the lives that have been changed because they traveled here, traveled there, or moved objects from here to there, whatever it is. Um, just taking the time and just saying, not focusing on anything else, let's just think about what connections can I make to the people of the past in regards to this trail, this, this trip. Um, when I did the, um, my first backpacking trip up in the mountains of Northern California, it was part of the PCT. And I, all I could Ooh. think about was just how, how many thousands and thousands of people have crossed this path at some point in their lives and how much that I could connect with them. So it holds power. Um, it does. It does. So I would highly recommend that. So take some time on your next backpacking trip to just sit down and just focus on what has changed, what has happened on that trail. Um, the, the, the second thing that I have for backpacking <gasps> is pick I know, two, pick two, pick two uh, in the backpacking. <laughs> All right. Is, is, taking the time and doing more research and experimenting with different things. Um, I learned the hard way and John can attest to this. John, what is, what is one piece of tech that you would not, you would not do? What would you not get? Uh, you mean the piece of tech that's no longer, that's on my throwaway list. <laughs> Correct. Uh, that would be the blow up pillow. Oh pillow, God. Pillow. Yes. <laughs> I can't even say it. A pillow blow up pillow. Absolutely. Do not buy it. I would not get a blow up pillow. Um, I learned the hard way that they suck and you're going to wake up with headaches and or stiff necks. How long did it take you to derail? For me, it was like what night it one? Was, it was two nights. I, okay. It was night, okay. night two, mid, middle of the night two that I realized that this was a horrible mistake and I was much better rolling up my hoodie and using that as a pillow than doing That's the blow what I up. That's do too. So like you get $40 blow up pillow. The cheap option, literally just your hoodie. <laughs> your your yep. The jacket you went into the sleeping bag with, you roll it up, it's more comfortable. Th yep. Thank you. Absolutely. So much more comfortable, so much cheaper, dual, dual use. Um, yeah, so that's one thing that I, I would recommend um, if I had, if time was not an object, like if I could just sit and do take as much time as I want is to do more research and experiment with different products. And you can say like by going on multiple backpacking trips, you're kind of doing the same thing, but getting more prepared for each trip. Um, for example, I learned the hard way what altitude sickness is like and not preparing for that the way that I should have. So that's that's kind of my dream. It, it's open myself up to the past and then take more time to do more research and experiment with a bunch of things before actually diving into it. I love it. And I need to do that more in my in my backpacking myself. Well, I'm going to go more gear tech heavy here, Sean. I do guess it. I'm more of a uh, I guess I'm more into these material things, but you know what? That's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna fall into the niche here as the as the lead backpacker 
in the world of backpacking. I'm man. Wow. I, I cannot <laughs> sound more pious. <laughs> well, so tonight, this is what I'm going to, I'm going to say to you listeners. Uh, I have had a decent amount of back. I'm not the world's best type backpacker, but I I had a decent amount of experience. And what I've learned throughout my travels, I do a major trip a year. One a year is kind of my, my thing. Uh, and by major, I mean, four to five days out in the wilderness. Um, and what I've found over that four to five days of the pieces of gear that I just love and cannot go without and can't recommend enough if I were to start from scratch, which is what I'm trying to do tonight with you guys is to give you the tips and tricks that if you are starting from, from day one, don't do this. And what I would say is get a 65 liter bag right off the rip. Mm. So don't, don't go with the 40 liter or 45 liter, go with the 65 plus 10, which is what I have. It's a, it's, it's, and, and it just is such a perfect way to store all of your stuff. It's not, so again, it gives you the flexibility and, and, and money is no object. So anywhere between $120 to $300, get, get what you want to get because my bag, I've had it for, I feel like six years now. And since I really started my career in the engineering field just before, maybe, uh, I can't remember. It was, it was somewhere in that range, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I remember having this conversation with my buddy, the last backpacking trip we did, it was like, it's so ironic. We both have the same backpack because we were okay. getting gear at the same time. We both happened to buy, there was like this good deal. And so it was a, like a $200 bag that came down. It's a Deuter, Deuter. I like calling it Deuter, okay. but I don't think that's the brand. D-Y-E-T-R-E-R um, is the brand. And it, it has everything you need. It has the lower sleeping bag pouch. So mm. it stores your sleeping bag in the bottom. And the reason why I recommend higher end or, or larger bags is because you can still go lightweight, but it, it manages where you place all your gear so much better. So you can like either do the tent below your backpack or you can do it at the top of your backpack. You can, there's just more flexibility. So as you grow and, and I don't, I would never recommend anybody go into the ultralight right away because it's more expensive overall and you don't know if you're going to like it because ultralightists are elitist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't, I, I'm not a ultralighter. I do just enough ultralight and just enough. I will pack out beer. I'm one of those people. I will bring I like beer it. on the trail for night two or three or sorry, one or two just to enjoy my first couple nights like you know it takes a little bit to get your trail legs so you don't want to go total balls to the wall first night bring bring a little something that, that you love um so that's number one on my on my pick two my second pick is going to be a great backpacking tent i started with the hammock game i tried it out and I, no don't do it go straight to the tent it gives you an opportunity to share with somebody if you need to get a two-person tent. You never know when a buddy wants to go backpacking with you. You're not going to be like, hey, Joe, come with me and get in the hammock. He's immediately going to say no. So this is, <laughs> this, is, this is a tip and a pick. And it's I, I, I invested. I got the Big Angus Copper Spur UL2. And this thing is 
and this is what I mean. I went ultra light where I need to and not in other places. In the Mm -hmm. tent, I went ultra light. This thing is light. It's expensive. And it's very delicate. I mean, it's an amazing, it's an amazing engineering marvel. In my mind, it's, it's beautiful. Now we'll put the links to to this gear and these, these checks, but that is my pick number two. I want to go further into it, but you know what? We're going to keep moving for tonight's episode. If you have any more questions, reach out to us about the gear or the mindsets you're hearing tonight. We want to hear, we want to hear what gear you would prefer and or mindset that you like to bring into your hobbies. But these are our top picks. So we're going to move on to our next hobby on the list. And this is cooking Sean and John pick three. Pick three. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for me going into cooking, there's a lot of cooking and, and things that you can learn for very cheap. And that's the greatest thing about cooking. There's cookbooks, YouTube videos. There are so many resources out there on how to cook in an affordable way. But if I had unlimited money, <laughs> if I had unlimited money, I would absolutely, no doubt about it, be enrolled in New York at the Culinary Institute of America uh, and getting officially, I don't even certify, the certification is not what I'm looking for, but the experience level of what the, a culinary school could bring you. That is something that if you have the money and the time, I would recommend um, that is one of my dreams. And I think everyone should do it because I think if we all were able to go to culinary school, the level of food that is available out there would be next level. Um, if like just every average Joe had like a culinary school background that way, and they would um, love it too. Well, they'd love it or hate it, <laughs> but like <laughs> they'd all have an understanding and they would literally either love or hate cooking. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and and it, but I think it's also who you learn from plays a big factor into that too. Um, but yeah, going to the Culinary Institute of America and just getting a real education in cooking um, that would be that would be man. My... I'd be right there with you, Sean. Let's go to culinary school at the end of our lives. Let's do it. Can we you, do it together? To be honest, I'll admit, within the last couple of years, I put in a request to talk with a counselor at the Culinary Institute. Um, just so I could learn more about their, their school. And then I realized how expensive it was and that was not going to happen. So what are we talking here? <laughs> um, uh, their, their tuition, tuition, pure tuition is about 17,000 a semester. If we take into account textbooks, housing, you're looking at a lot more. They offer associates and bachelor's degrees. So you're looking at anywhere between like 60 and 120 K for which degree path you choose, oh. which is for someone who went the, the state college route for engineering. That's, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's a tough pill, man. We're both community. Well, what you're, you went state college. I went community to state. So I'm like, <laughs> see, I went state to community. Like I went the complete backwards route. And I, now that I'm in community, I'm realizing how expensive even just state school was for what I was getting. Yeah. So I, I wish I'd started with community first. All right. Well, I love that pick and I would be there with you, my man. I want my culinary. I'm going to pick mine. This is my first pick and it is a wood block cutting board. The brand when money is no option that for me, there's a number of them out there, but one of my favorite right now is the Brooklyn butcher blocks. It's a custom uh, butcher block maker out of, 
I think it's Brooklyn. I don't, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. It just says Brooklyn butcher box block. So I don't know where they're, where they're out of exactly, but they have a long grain cutting board that I just think is beautiful. Uh, maple cherry various, but they range anywhere from 120 to I think like 300 bucks, depending on what type of grain you get. And, but it's, it's something you're going to use every single day and it's worth it to me. And I will get one probably by the end of this year, Sean. So Ooh. yeah, do it, do it. Like, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That, maybe we'll put see. that we'll nerd see hat how, on. <laughs> I'm going to, we'll see. I'm going to see what uh, kind of penny pennies I can put together. I'm going to put, put a, put a line out there. Um, but yeah, let's move on. What is your, are you, are you picking something gear related or are you going to go? I'm, I'm going to go gear actually for most oh of this episode, goodness. I've been avoiding gear. Uh, but for me, if, if I had the capability I would invest in a full industrial cooking range. I think the access that having tech like that gives you to cooking is unparalleled in almost most other tools that you can buy for a kitchen. I think having a full industrial cooking range with six or even eight burners with two different ovens, like the amount of meals that you can cook, like it's next level, the kinds of things you could put together. And the level of danger, I mean, <laughs> come on. It's like, it's, it's always on. It's like a fire breathing dragon. It's like I the know. gas bill is insane. The gas <laughs> it, it is insane. And that's the downside. But uh, the, the things that you can do with a range like that, because I'm currently struggling with the two and a half electric burners that actually oh, work no! fully. <laughs> I was going to ask if you had gas. No, Sean, we, you got gas. We got a, I do not got gas. Uh, not tonight. No, we got, we have electric um, and it, it, it's not great. Two of the burners are solid. Two of them, not so much. Oh, um, so it, it, it's one of those things that I really dream and work towards, but yeah, anybody who wants to take some time, look into some fully industrial cooking ranges and you will be amazed at what is out there you 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 want to know something crazy in my mind one of the things that really put this house over the edge was it had a gas range oh yeah yeah <laughs> so I, like, I want that gas range <laughs> dude there's no gas out in chandler it's crazy that's nuts anyway i love it and i want one too i just i got gas and you don't so yep yep i mean i'm still dealing i'm i feel it but but I do have gas and I would love to have an industrial one one day. I, I don't even want to know what, what it is. All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to pick, we're going to, we're kind of running a little low on time here tonight. So we're going to slew it just smoothly make our way through our last couple of picks. I'm going to pick my top knife that I would definitely get. No questions asked. It is the Mizono UX 10. And this bad boy costs you around 180 bucks. Now, and why? Why? What, is, what about this knife calls to you? Because I'm going to use it for the rest of my life. And for <laughs> so, well, no, this is, again, it gets back to the same thing I've talked about throughout this. I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. If I'm going to be using something and interacting with something every single day, I don't, money is no object, mm-hmm. which is kind of the way I look at it. Now, again, if you're anywhere between $100 and $200 for a chef's knife, if it fits you and it works for you, then good. But I'm our, I have one knife 
I use it every single day. I love it to death. I'm at the point in my culinary love that I'm going to acquire knife number two. Mm-hmm. And I, do, I, don't, I don't know why. It's just a feeling of expression. I need the UX tech. <laughs> I don't I mean, know. That, I, I think that that very uh, portrays in a very good way that hobbies can develop and evolve into more than just having the bare minimum so that you can succeed. Like you, do you need another knife? Probably not. You could probably get by with what you currently have. Do you want another knife? Yes. And that's totally okay. Well, and, and you're right. A hundred percent. Like I definitely have a great chef's knife and I think I can't explain it. And it's exactly what you said. It, you, sometimes you just move into something and you get passionate about it. And I mean, that would probably be it for me. I don't know. I mean, again, maybe over my lifetime, I'll end up having like a, a number of knives. And I think they'd all ultimately have a tool reason. I guess, I don't know. This is the first knife that I thought about. I got my first one as a gift. And this is the one that I kind of want to buy for myself mm-hmm. and just see, compare. Like I'm interested in the engineering side of it. Like, it, like the scientific, this one versus this one. What are the differences? What are the shortcomings? And, and that's kind of, that's really what it is. It'll be an exercise of comparison. And you know what, Sean, this was fun. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I enjoyed doing this. I enjoy doing the taking some things that we have and things that we don't have yet and, and working through those. And I think when you're looking at any hobby, it's really important to keep in mind the things that are attainable with your current budget and the things that are, you know, your dreams or are just out of reach that you can work towards. And that's, I think, a good takeaway from tonight is John and I have what we need right now to get into a bunch of different hobbies. And we have, you know, maybe not even the bare minimum, a little bit over that, but there's always another step. (laughs) There's another step you can go in your hobbies. And so always remember that uh, when you're working towards the end goal is that there's always somewhere you can evolve. Well, and Sean is, uh, He's a master of disaster. So I listened to what he says and that would, it couldn't have been said any, any more eloquently. So Sean, thank you for being here once again. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Late night boys coming through. And I really hope that you all enjoyed what we talked about tonight. We'll be back to you at our regular slate, regularly slated time next week. And we hope you'll be here too. Goodbye. <laughs>